It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome Sandy, thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in DC is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. <laughs> I'm a musician, I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. And good Thursday morning, everyone. Fred Jackson sitting in uh, again for Sandy today. And uh, if you haven't uh, been joining the show through the week, just want to remind you that Sandy had her medical procedure last week and is at home recovering and doing very well, I'm told. Uh, So she won't be away too long. But always a pleasure to sit in for Sandy. And boy, it is a busy, busy news day. Just in the last 10 minutes, the Prime Minister of Britain. Boris Johnson made it official. He is resigning as Prime Minister after many months of several scandals. uh, Up up to yesterday, almost 50 of his own party had resigned. Uh, Among other things, uh, they were upset with uh, what's become known in in British journalistic circles as Partygate, and uh, that had to do with the fact when he was locking down the country, he was caught out partying uh, with uh, other lawmakers. No masks, just having a good old time while telling the Brits they had to stay at home. But there's so much more. Uh, A very unhappy country with Boris Johnson. Even up to yesterday, he said he wasn't going to resign, but this morning he made it official. I've today appointed a cabinet to serve as I will until a new leader is in place. It is clearly now the will of the Parliamentary Conservative Party that there should be a new leader of that party and therefore a new Prime Minister. I know that there will be many people who are relieved and uh, perhaps quite a few who will also be disappointed. And I want you to know how sad I am to be giving up the best job in the world. But them's the breaks. I know that even if things can sometimes seem dark now, our future together is golden. Thank you all very much. Thank you. Uh, there it is. As I say, we just grabbed that in the last few minutes there, uh, portions of his speech. Um, you know, he, he's, he's so recognizable. He's the man that uh, never a comb has entered his hair. And so uh, that's the best way to describe how this man looks. You know, some of the things I, I think a lot of conservatives in this country would agree, he uh, pulling Britain out of uh, the, 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 the British economic forum there, going individual. Now, you know, some liberals thought they should stay uh, with the European Union, but uh, Johnson led the fight to get them out and to be independent of that group. And so, as I say, a lot of conservatives uh, appreciated that move. Uh, But there were many that just said, no, uh, he cannot continue, uh, given the the various scandals. Uh, One of those this morning, Stuart Varney, he's one of the financial experts on Fox, uh, but also he's a Brit. 
and keeps up to date, obviously, with British politics. And, and so on Fox and Friends this morning, they asked Stuart Varney his reaction to Johnson stepping down. Cut nine. Partygate during the pandemic lockdown. Boris, there's a picture of him partying it up in his residence, 10 Downing Street, with a glass of alcohol in his hand. Meanwhile, the pubs all across Britain were closed and everybody else was locked down in their residences. That's where it started. Fast forward to this week when uh, Boris appointed Chris Pincher to be a deputy whip. That's a senior official in the Conservative Party. Now, this man had a reputation of being sexually misconduct and drinking up a storm. The man's an alcoholic, okay? Boris said he didn't know anything about that, about Pincher. That was a lie. He stood up in Parliament and said, don't know anything about this guy? A lie. He knew all about him. You cannot lie to Parliament in British politics. You do that, when you found out, you're out. Right. And that's what's happened. Also, it's- Yeah, it's pretty rough in British politics. Uh, if you think journalism here uh, has been rough on Donald Trump, and it has, uh, uh, in, in Britain, uh, when they start to smell blood over there, uh, you know, your, your days are numbered, politically speaking. So there you have it. Johnson says he's going to stay on until there's a new leader, and he'll do his very best to, to lead in that way. He actually, in, in resisting resignation, said he felt he had a mandate uh, from the people, uh, but it turns out that perhaps he didn't. And when your own party members start leaving you, that's usually a sign that your, your days are indeed numbered. Uh, we'll see what happens if there's uh, any resignations on this side of the pond, uh, given the dismal numbers of Joe Biden. Uh, right now, of course, he has the mainstream media in this country behind him. Uh, and uh, they are supporting him. There's so much to what's going on in the Biden administration uh, that uh, the mainstream media doesn't cover. We'll get into that a little bit more. There's more on our southern border story to talk about this morning. That's uh, amongst the other news. But first, I wanted to get to a story that broke late yesterday afternoon, and this involves Richmond, Virginia. And the headline yesterday afternoon was potential Richmond July 4th mass shooters charged as non-citizens in possession of a firearm. Now, that headline is, is actually, I think, kind of weak uh, when we're talking about the, uh, the importance of this story. Basically, what we know at this point is that someone came forward to authorities there in Richmond, Virginia, and let them know there were a couple of men who we now know are illegal aliens were planning a shootout at a July 4th event along the lines of what happened there at Highland Park uh, near Chicago on July the 4th. But it was thwarted. The guys were arrested. They found weapons in their home. Uh, yesterday, Richmond uh, Police Chief Gerald Smith uh, let the news out uh, at a news conference. It's cut number five. Their intent was to conduct a mass shooting at our 4th of July celebration. The subject who I am referring to as a hero citizen picked up the phone, overheard a conversation that there was a mass shooting being planned. That citizen picked up the phone and called our brave men and women at the 2nd Precinct. Once inside that residence, they saw evidence in plain view that collaborated the hero witnesses' step- statement that there was a concern. Well, there you have it. And this story from Fox News, very interesting. As I say, both these men are in the country illegally. And then yesterday at this news conference, Chief Smith addressed reports that one of the suspects has been deported 
several times and continued to re-enter the country illegally, saying that it was frustrating that a person could continue to break the law and have an opportunity to still plan out a mass murder. One of these guys who's been arrested apparently was working for a construction company there in the Richmond area. But thank God that this citizen came forward. Now these two guys are in custody. Uh, The charge, as I say, thus far is uh, an illegal alien being in possession of a firearm. I would assume there will be more charges as we go on. But, you know, it just raises the larger question in all of this. We know, and and we, we had a news conference with these sheriffs yesterday in Texas, there is an invasion going on in this country. Now, it may not meet the constitutional definition of an invasion. Uh, there was a, a legal expert talking about that on Fox this morning. But the reality is we do have an invasion. We have thousands of people pouring across our southern border. And thanks to the Biden administration now wanting to get rid of the remain in Mexico policy that former President Trump put in place, it's only going to get worse, folks. It's only going to get worse on our border. Uh, Michael Walsh uh, is a... uh, a Republican politician, he was asked about this this morning, about the Richmond incident, but on the broader scale of what's going on on our southern border. Cut number six. Yeah, well, we have hundreds of thousands of what they're calling gotaways now. So we have the the folks that are being detained and then released into the interior. At least there's some kind of processing. But then you have hundreds of thousands that we we know got across uh, from from over 100 countries now, including Afghanistan and places in the Middle East. Uh, And and we have no idea in this case, apparently one of the individuals have been deported multiple times. Uh, It's just unacceptable. And, uh, and, you know, I fear that we're going to have more incidents like this. I do want to say this is what the American people have to step up and do uh, in terms of this brave individual that that saw something, heard something and reported it. We've seen from the Parkland shooting in Florida uh, to the most recent Fourth of July shooting that there were all kinds of indicators, both online, in their families, in their social circles, that something like this was going to happen. And thank God for this hero that took action. I mentioned uh, that uh, just, what was it, two days ago, there was this news conference in Texas where you had a group of sheriffs and other concerned uh, political leaders in Texas over what is happening in their state. And they want they want their governor to step up and say and declare an invasion. Uh, and I'm sure uh, the governor is willing to do that. But the question is, is the Biden administration going to do anything about it? Here's a little bit of what happened at the news conference the other day, cut 10. You hear the term invasion, and that's exactly what this is. It is an invasion that is being pushed by the cartels into our country, and it must come to a stop. Recognize an invasion, an invasion of the state of Texas that is undermining our security. In my community, we have less than a thousand residents the thousand residents every day live in fear of the invasion. Yeah, so there you have it. Uh, and how has how has the Biden administration responded to this concern about what's going on in Texas, uh, Arizona, and really, as we've been discussing on this program and others, what has been happening is that the Biden administration is putting these illegal aliens on buses and airplanes and then flying them all over the country. In May alone, 
There were more than 90,000 people, according to border official stats. Over 90,000 crossed that border. We've seen pictures even in recent days. It just is continuous train of people coming into this country, and the Biden administration is allowing them to get away with it, and there is no end in sight to all of this. Now, listen to this story, folks. This came in late yesterday also. The Biden Justice Department is investigating the Texas Operation Lone Star Border Security Mission. Now, if you're not familiar with that, this basically is Texas taking the initiative on its own to try to protect Texas communities against this invasion of illegal aliens and what they are doing to these communities. Now listen to this. The Biden Justice Department is is investigating this effort by Texas to protect its citizens. I'm going to read from the uh, Biden Justice Department release yesterday. The department is seeking this information after receiving information indicating that the Texas Department of Public Safety may be discriminating on the basis of race and or national origin in its activities related to Operation Lone Star by targeting certain individuals for arrests for misdemeanor trespass violations and traffic stops based on their perceived or actual race or national origin. Well, you think... You think because, you know, most of the folks, let's face it, crossing the border have brown skin. And so what ha- what's happening is they're being stopped and checking these vehicles to see if there are illegal aliens in there. Do they have any proof of citizenship? Do they have driver's licenses for the state of Texas? They're trying to stop this invasion in Texas. And how is the Biden administration responding to it? They're going to go after They're going to go after Texas officials who are trying to protect their state from this invasion. Should we be surprised? I guess not. All right. Much more ahead. President Joe Biden. Well, I was going to say, the devil went down to Georgia's a song. Well, yesterday, President Joe Biden went down to Cleveland saying once again, he's doing a great job with the economy. It's wonderful. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just those bad Republicans are trying to stop my agenda. We're going to have a whole lot more on that when we come back here on San Rios in the morning. Fred sitting in. Don't go away. Hello? Hey, stranger. Oh, hi. Thank goodness it's you. I was afraid to answer the phone. Why? What's up? The credit card companies are after me. They want me to make payments and the calls never stop. Ouch. Been there before, but I got help from Trinity Debt Management. Trinity? Yeah. I called and right away, Trinity contacted my creditors and got my interest rates cut in half. They ended all the late fees and over-limit charges, and they stopped those annoying phone calls. Bet that was a relief. Yep. Then they put me on a plan that consolidated my bills into one easy monthly payment. That way, I paid off my debt fast while saving thousands. Nice. Trinity even showed me how to plan and meet a monthly budget. So now I'm debt-free for keeps. Wow. Do you still have their number? Sure. Here, write this down and call 1-800-788-1813. Can you repeat that? 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. This is Pause to Pray. 
A chance to stop down each day from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Brad Crabtree, Assistant Secretary of Energy for Fossil Energy. His department is tasked with implementing a $2 billion 10-year initiative to develop environmentally sound energy technologies. 1 Peter 4.10 reminds us of the importance of using your God-given talents. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Brad Crabtree in his work on behalf of our nation's energy resources. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. This is an important election year in your state and all across the country, and we are joining together to pray the vote. Details at pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. Liberty University's K-12 Online Academy is the best of a homeschool, private school, and Bible-based education all rolled into one. With LUOA, you can take charge of your child's learning environment and create a structured yet flexible schedule that works for your family. Our qualified teachers are easily accessible for guidance and support along the way. And with new classes starting every Monday, it's never too late to make a switch to LUOA. To learn more, text LUOA to 88741. That's LUOA to 88741. A number of Texas border counties are calling on the governor to declare an invasion at the southern border. Government leaders say they don't know what else to do. Ranches are being overrun. Crime has exploded. Lives are literally in danger. County leaders are asking Governor Greg Abbott to remove all persons invading the sovereignty of Texas, and they're basing their request on the U.S. and Texas constitutions. Now, critics accuse lawmakers of playing pre-election politics and say any reference to an invasion is racist rhetoric. But the fact is that Texas has indeed been invaded, and the demographic most impacted happens to be Hispanic Americans who came to this nation legally. And the crisis is only going to get worse. The Supreme Court decided the Biden administration can end the Trump-era Remain in Mexico program. That means hundreds of thousands more illegals will soon be swarming the border states. In other words, Texas is bracing for government-sanctioned anarchy. I'm Todd Stearns. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. And just repeating our top story, the uh, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson stepping down this morning. A lot of pressure to do so. Over 50 members of his own party have quit in recent days. They don't like the direction uh, that he is taking the party. Plus, there's been scandal after scandal in recent days. And uh, Boris Johnson... I guess, to his credit this morning, doing the right thing. He's going to stay on until they do pick a new leader. As we say, he's, he's done some good things, uh, taking Britain out of the European Union, uh, freeing them from the restraints of being in that union. But other things have just gone bad. Uh, we mentioned uh, he was guilty of what the British uh, journalists called party gate. He was out partying, uh, you know, during the height of the pandemic uh, without mask and uh, having big parties at his house and other places uh, while he was telling Britons to stay home uh, because they needed to fight the effects of the virus. So uh, that was just the start of things. But there has been other, there was an appointment of a high government official when Boris Johnson knew that official was being accused of um, sexual misbehavior or some kind of sexual scandal. So all of that was going on. Um, 
Maybe what we should do, in case you've just joined us, is to get a little bit more background on this. Uh, Adam, it's going to be cut number seven. Greg Palcott is the Fox correspondent in Britain. So he's talking about what happened this morning with Boris Johnson. Cut seven. We are expecting Boris Johnson in perhaps a little under two hours to come out from behind the door there at number 10 Downing Street and saying that he is leaving, that he is quitting his job as prime minister, as the leader of the Conservative Party. This after about 36 hours of him being harangued by everybody, had a lot of cabinet members uh, quit, uh, second rank officials quit, all citing uh, one big factor regarding Boris Johnson. They do not believe he has the integrity the truthfulness, the moral, ethical quality that is needed for this job. This was all uh, twigged by a uh, scandal involving a Johnson political appointee uh, a while back that ended ended up being uh, besmirched with sexual misconduct allegations, and he sort of fumbled that. And he's been fumbling a lot, frankly, during his three years in office. Most importantly, I think, for the British public, uh, his misconduct during the uh, COVID-19 lockdown, he apologized for that, said it wasn't his fault, but that really hit home for the British public. So he doesn't have any support, obviously, from the opposition. He has very little support within his party, within his cabinet, and now, according to polls, within the public uh, at large here at the UK. So, in fact, he is stepping down after a lot of hemming and hawing for the past, again, 36 hours. Uh, He wants to remain as a caretaker prime minister for the next couple of months. It does take about two months to pick a new Conservative Party leader, and then that leader automatically becomes the prime minister. Uh, He wants to hang out until October, uh, but a lot of people are saying they don't want him hanging around. And of course, then that would lead possibly quite quickly to a general election. So the upheaval with politics, but the UK government is firm in saying relations with the other countries in the world, especially the US, especially on matters like Ukraine, will stay constant. That was Greg uh, Pelcott. He is uh, Fox's uh, British correspondent, and uh, that report from him uh, obviously came in very early this morning before Johnson made it official about a half hour ago. Uh, you know, it's interesting. One of the things that Johnson got in trouble with was uh, what's been called the party gate. He's owed partying while telling all the other British citizens in the midst of the COVID shutdowns they need to stay home, they need to wear masks if they do go outside. You know, kind of reminded me of California Governor uh, Gavin Newsom. Uh, You remember he did much the same thing when telling basically all Californians, you have to stay home, you must not go out if you do go out. Uh, You know, if you go to somebody's house, you have to wear a mask, all these sorts of things. And then, of course, he was caught. It's kind of interesting. There uh, There is news this morning of another contradiction, if you want to call it, uh, by Gavin Newsom. Uh, he has, back back several months ago, he listed about 20 states that he said uh, California government officials were not allowed to go to on government business. And the reasons being, uh, one of the reasons being, uh, those states had passed, for instance, laws against men who claimed to be women participating in female sports. Now, one of the states on the list, uh, Gavin Newsom's list, was Montana. Well, guess where Gavin Newsom is waking up this morning? He's in Montana. Now, of course, media found this out. 
and they go to the government officials there and they say, oh, well, uh, uh, the, the governor's there on his own time. He's, he's vacationing with family. So wait a minute. Publicly, back in California, he takes this stand saying, shame, shame, shame on Montana. Uh, you shouldn't go there. And, uh, in fact, uh, we're not going to allow you to go there because of these policies, these LGBTQ, whatever else is being added on these days, policies. But uh, so the governor's office is saying, well, he, he's, he's there on his own dime. Hmm. Well, the question being asked this morning is, does he have any security with him that travels with him to Montana? Um, my guess would be probably. And the question then is, who's paying for that security? Is he paying it with his American Express card or is the state paying for it? It's, it's just this kind of thing. As I say, Boris Johnson called on it. Gavin Newsom, uh, again, uh, as being questioned about his sincerity when he makes declarations for everybody else. Uh, but then we see, you know, when it comes to him, and we've seen this over and over again, folks. Remember how, uh, you know, Democrats like AOC in New York criticizing Florida for uh, opening up its economy again? And, 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 and dumping all over DeSantis in Florida, saying it's shameful what they're doing down there. They're endangering the lives of kids in schools and all that sort of thing. And what do we see? We see a picture of AOC at a bar in Florida with no mask on. Over and over and over again. And you just step back from this and you say, that degree of hypocrisy, these people are just, they're just politics. That's all it is, folks. It's just politics. And they like to make rules for you and me, rules that themselves, that they're not allowed to, they're not, they don't think they have to follow. So there you have it. Uh, so once again, Boris Johnson, uh, the Prime Minister of Britain, stepping down this morning. He will stay on until they pick a new leader. Well, our uh, leader, President Joe Biden, went to Cleveland, Ohio yesterday, and he was talking politics and kind of... Uh, lifting himself up, and what a great job he's doing with the economy. Here's a, here's a little bit of what Biden was talking about yesterday in Cleveland, Ohio. Cut one. We made incredible progress on, the, uh, progress on the economy from where we were a year and a half ago. We got a long way to go because of inflation, because of the, I call it, the Putin tax increase. Putin, because of gasoline and all that grain he's keeping from being able to get to the market. Now I'm fighting the lower costs on things that you talk about around your kitchen table. You all remember what the economy was like when I was elected a country in a pandemic with no real plans how to get out of it. Millions of people out of their jobs. Families and cars, remember, backed up for literally miles waiting for a box of food to be put in their trunk. <laughs> now they're backed up for miles while trying to find gas. Uh, that's all. You know, you know, the American people are a whole lot smarter than what Biden and his crew give them credit for. And, and that's borne out in, in the, all these polls that you're seeing. There was a poll, a Mammoth poll that came out on the weekend. And uh, it, it talked about what, what Americans are most concerned about right now. And they're certainly not praising Joe Biden for the state of our economy. When you look at the price of gas, of course, Biden doesn't like to talk about, but if he does, he blames Vladimir Putin for gas, uh, gas increases, gas price increases. But listen to this. According to this Mammoth poll, here's what the biggest concerns of Americans are. 33% of 
say inflation, 15% gas prices, 9% economy, 6% bills and groceries. You lump that all together, folks, it's the economy. It's like James Carville said many years ago um, during the Clinton years. What did he say? The major concern of, that should be for the Democratic Party going into election is the economy. Now, some of the other things, you know, the other things that uh, the Joe Biden administration likes to talk about is climate change. According to this poll, climate change gets 1%, 1% as far as what people are concerned about in this country. And look at the investment of taxpayers' dollars that Biden wants to make in so-called climate change. I couldn't believe it. This was last week, I believe. Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas, he was talking about what's going on on our southern border. And he said, one of the reasons people are being driven to head north is climate change? Really? I mean, honestly, who, who believes that? But, you know, I think they sit around a table in Washington at the White House and they say, we're going to just throw this stuff out there. And we'll just expect, because the one thing that the Biden administration is right about, they're right about the idea that the mainstream media is not going to hold them accountable. At least not yet, although we're starting to see some rumblings uh, and it's being pushed by a lot of Democrats that say Biden is a liability and it may affect their jobs come this fall. Anyway, uh, let's just go back for a moment to what Biden has been talking about uh, with regards to how he's handling the economy. This is what he had to say, I think it was uh, last month in a similar speech, but along the same lines of praising what he's doing with the economy. Cut number three. Since I took office, families are carrying less debt. Their average savings are up. America is stronger economic, in a stronger economic position today than just about any other country in the world. Well, that's simply not true. That is simply not true. There's new data that came out just in the last, I think, 48 hours that Americans are dipping into their savings accounts. Their savings accounts are being depleted because of the extra cost of gasoline and then groceries and just about everything else that they need to go out and buy. So what he said there, last, it's just not true. It's very interesting this morning on Fox uh, Wilbur Ross, who is the former Trump Commerce Secretary, was asked about the president's claims uh, that he's doing so well economically. Here's cut number four. I think it's in a very, very perilous state because so many artificial factors were introduced in the pandemic policies. They overdid all kinds of spending, and we're now paying the price. My guess is we're in for stagflation at best and a combination of inflation and a recession at the worst. You pick and choose. Neither one is very attractive. He's got to change his fundamental policies. His approach seems to be first try to blame someone else for the problems and then second invent little stories what he's doing to try to solve it, and accusing the Democrats of bothering him. The reality is 40% of all the inflation is coming from fuel costs, and that started long before the Russian invasion. 
It started because the democratic policy is anti-hydrocarbon, and you can't be anti-hydrocarbon and have low prices at the pump. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And the American people understand that, folks. Look at all the polls. Uh, Joe Biden is underwater. We're talking about polls. I think it was Politico. I was reading, what, 38% approval rating. Uh, Other polls, an Associated Press poll in the last two weeks has them at 39% rate. And listen, the Democrats who are running this fall understand this. You know, when he went to Cleveland yesterday, there were Democrats who are representing the Cleveland area that did not show up to be with the president yesterday. Now, can you imagine the president of the United States is coming to your town? He's your party president, but you don't even go on. You don't want any pictures with him. That speaks volumes, folks, of where many Democrats are. They know that this president uh, is a liability for them this fall. That's why uh, even even liberals are admitting that likely it is going to be a a, a tidal wave of redness in the House uh, come this fall. And perhaps uh, where in the Senate, basically you have a split between the two parties. Uh, if Republicans pick up two Senate seats, that gives them control. Uh, so that's where we are. Uh, Democrats know it, the mainstream media. It's very interesting now how they're becoming more outspoken and critical of the White House. I'm talking about the mainstream media. Uh, very, very interesting. Here's the other thing that's happening, folks. Red states uh, are seeing a far faster post-COVID economic recovery than blue states. We're seeing this across the country. Florida and many of the states in the center of the country that are Republican-led, we're talking states like Texas and others, they're way ahead of the game. But you look at other states like New York, like California, other states that are run by Democrats, are faltering. And there's a reason for that, folks. Because their economies are hurting because of what they did to their economies during the pandemic. Plus, we know a lot of people are leaving those blue states and heading to red states where life is much better. I'd like to hear from you now. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840 is the number to call. I want to give uh, you a chance to render your verdict on where we are on the topics of the day. 888-589-8840. We'll talk to you when we come back. This is Sandy Rios in the morning for a Thursday. Fred sitting in. Back in a few moments. Jesus is trying to help us understand that what he longs for from his people is not the right set of words, not the right vocabulary said in the right intonation, but what he wants is a relationship with his people. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for Prayer, Pagans, and Pretenders on the next Turning Point Weekend Edition. Listen to Turning Point, Sunday mornings at 7 o'clock Central on American Family Radio. Today's culture is opting for entertainment rather than biblical enlightenment. For those who resist that trend, 
Friends of Israel shows listeners why loving the Jewish people and supporting Israel is important to the Christian faith. Friends of Israel shares biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah and promotes solidarity with the Jewish people. This is Chris Katolka of the Friends of Israel Today radio program heard each weekend on this station, and here's what's happening in Israel. Friends of Israel, Saturday afternoon at 2, here on American Family Radio. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its savor, how will it be seasoned? My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Matt Walsh wrote a piece for the Daily Wire where he said, The contemporary American Christian is the most open-minded person to have ever existed. He's so open-minded, you can hardly tell he's Christian or has a mind at all. He has for a long time been open to the idea that marriage isn't permanent and sex isn't meant exclusively for marriage. He's basically open to whatever notions are popular. He is open, and where he is not open, he is silent. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality is changing hearts and lives. It speaks directly to the power and the grace of God. Gives me hope for people that I know that are struggling. The whole idea of In His Image has moved me. We actually had one gentleman contact us and he said that this film changed his mind about this issue. We had a pastor reach out to us and he said that he'd been struggling with hatred in his heart towards people in the LGBTQ community. And this film helped him to realize he needed to have compassion and show people the love of Christ. We also had this same-sex attracted couple contact us and they said after seeing the film, they wanted to live obedient lives for Christ no matter what. And they said, please, Please pray for us. We know this is going to be hard. We've even had people come to faith in Jesus through In His Image. To find out more, visit InHisImage.movie. This is Frank Afney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Barack Obama once outrageously diminished his office and our nation by bowing when he greeted the Saudi king. Joe Biden is widely expected shortly to repeat such submissiveness, figuratively if not literally, when he pleads with the kingdom's de facto ruler, Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, for help in lowering oil prices. Such appalling conduct would be relatively robust, however, compared with the flat-out prostration the U.S. administration is currently doing before the Chinese communists. Call it the Biden kowtow. Amidst escalating threats of war emanating from Beijing, Team Biden has been weakening our military, relaxing tariffs on PRC imports, and insisting that the Chinese Communist Party is a competitor, not an enemy. It has even sold the CCP oil from our hedge against national security imperiling disruptions in energy supplies, America's strategic petroleum reserve. Such appeasement invites not only contempt, but conflict. This is Frank Gaffney. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. And welcome back to Sandy Rios in the morning uh, with Fred this morning. As we've been mentioning, Sandy's doing well in her recovery from her medical procedure and should be back in the chair before you know it. So uh, I know you miss her and we miss her too. And so look forward to her getting back. Going to go to our phones in just a second at 888 
589-8840. But I don't try to make you angry, folks. Uh, but some, some of the stories uh, that we come across, uh, we have to talk about. And, and here's a story for you. Los Angeles Public Schools training teachers that merit and individualism are rooted in whiteness. All right? Now, uh, Fox has been able to get a hold of some of this material. So these teachers in Los Angeles are being brought in and fed this indoctrination. Uh, Here's what it says about whiteness. The concept or idea that white is normal and is the highest standard in the racial hierarchy, though not explicitly stated, is apparent in the stories, histories, and struggles that are most prevalent in school curricula. This also incorporates an anti-blackness ideology which demonizes that which is furthest from white. Now, here's what they are teaching about merit. This concept assumes that each person operates and achieves based on his or her own personal capacity. Uh Uh-huh. It incorporates the notion that the work put forth, the effort invested, explains why some groups and individuals do well and others do not. It does not consider historical factors or account for opportunities, advantages, and privileges to which some groups have access both historically and in the present. So basically what they're saying is because you're white, um, you know, your merit, meritness shouldn't, shouldn't count when it comes to assessing an individual, for example, for a job. Individualism. So they're, going to, they're teaching these teachers that individualism is wrong. This tenet proposes that each person is responsible for his or her outcomes. Again, right. It is very much tied to merit, wherein group responsibility and accountability are not goals. Personal success and achievement are the goals. They're, they're, they're saying this is a problem, folks. Personal successes and achievement are the goals. They, they don't agree with that. This belief operates from a survival of the fittest approach that stretches singular pursuit and accomplishment. They're saying all of this is a sin. They're saying this is wrong, and they're telling teachers, this is what you must try to ingrain in students, that individualism, that the idea of merit, of getting a job based on your capability, is all wrong. Eric Smith is a York College professor, He's African-American, by the way, and he's co-founder of Free Black Thought. Uh, he had to say uh, this to say about all this this morning. It's cut number eight. For one, I do not want to live in a society without individuality. That is my nightmare. Um, we should be able to uh, make choices about what we want to believe, uh, how we want to spend our time and energy. That's individuality and nothing more. It's not a, a selfish right. uh, lack of compassion give those students uh, opportunities and you give them resources to compete. You don't get rid of the concept of meritocracy. Uh, If it wasn't for meritocracy, we'd have no ability to discern who is best for the job. And the fact that they literally think that uh, the the concept of uh, the person who has the best skills should get the job is inherently racist should tell you everything about them. Uh, None of this makes sense. And it's not the kind of world I want to live in. And you know what? I bet you, if this kind of concept that these L.A. teachers are being taught, how would this look if it was applied to the NBA? That you couldn't be on a team, a basketball team, based on how good you play basketball or on the individual effort to be the best that you can. 
oh, that's not going to count anymore. We have to have quotas for raises. Do you think that's going to happen? Baseball, basketball, whatever the case may be? Of course it's not going to happen because it doesn't reflect reality. But really, neither does much of what the far-left agenda, it doesn't reflect reality at all. But this is the kind of stuff that public school teachers in Los Angeles, they're at these training sessions apparently this week, and this is what they're being told to taught to their kids. This is why the education system is under a microscope in many parts of the country right now, because parents are finding out about this stuff through stories like this, and they're stepping up and they're saying, we're not going to put up with this anymore. All right, let's go to our phones. Uh, to Texas first this morning, and Essence is on the line. Go ahead, Essence. Good, good morning, morning to you. Good morning. Um, I just want to say that real fast, uh, constitutional revolution, I may have said this before, but it needs to be implemented. This is written in our Constitution to remove a whole administration that puts America in peril. This isn't Biden doing this. It's the administration, Obama and uh, Soros, if Biden is bumped out or impeached, it still leaves those who are destroying our country in the background. They all need to go. All this tyranny and we the people want to save our nation. Also, the gas prices right now, I'm going to use Pelosi's words, crumbs. And this uh, racism in school, let me tell you, stand shoulder to shoulder, not face to face. The enemy is Satan, not your neighbor. We are to love one another. Thank you, Fred. You have a blessed day. All right. We thank you, Essence. Uh, to uh, Steve in Iowa, I believe it is this morning. Go ahead, Steve. Yes, two things, sir. First of all, what you've been speaking about has to do with Marxist doctrine on how to destroy the middle class. Second of all, regarding inflation, it's very simple. The Federal Reserve sells billions of dollars worth of bonds to the banks. They soak up all the liquidity, and magically, then inflation disappears. You're doing a great job. Appreciate this very much. All right. We thank you, Steve, for that. Yeah, you know, uh, we we need to get back to basic economics. Someone was suggested last week that uh, some of the Biden administration uh, need to take some economics one-on-one courses uh, we know what works. Uh, we have enough history behind us, economically speaking, as to know what, what really works. And uh, it, it just needs to be applied. But, of course, we have an administration right now, and you know many of you have said it before on this program when you call in, uh, we have Marxism. Basically, what it is, it's, it's a Marxist economic policy in this country. That's what they're trying to implement. Big government big government, and so that the people become more and more dependent on that government, and that keeps them in power. All right, Chris in Texas. Good morning, sir. Go ahead. Good morning. Um, There was a very important event that happened yesterday that I just wanted to bring attention that I know Sandy would just love this. Mm -hmm. Georgia Guidestones, one of them fell yesterday morning at 5, like at 5 a.m., and the, the Guidestones are the New World Order's Ten Commandments, basically. They want to they want to say how they want to maintain humanity under five hundred thousand, guide reproduction wisely, unite humanity with a living new 
language, and these are written on these stones in Georgia and different languages. And the one that was written in Russia and China mysteriously fell from the explosion. I don't know who did that, but thank you. Some saying it's an act of God. But in light of that, they have realized that the other statues and were unstable, so they have decided to just take them down just immediately. Why they are so urgent to take this down, um, is it to destroy, destroy evidence? I don't know. But it's, it's very, it's a satanic uh, statues is what they were. They were their Ten Commandments for depopulation, um, rule, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Yeah. So we are very ecstatic that it had fallen. So, and another thing that Sandy would have been very pleased about is she talked mainly, mostly about George W. Bush being of one world order. Mm-hmm. And it was also his birthday that they fell on. So thank you, whoever made this fall. Okay. Uh, yeah, our caller was talking about these guidestones. This is a, a, a monument called the Georgia Guidestones, if you haven't heard about this. Uh, a grand monument uh, adorned, and I'm reading from an NBC News story here, adorned with a message about the conservation of humanity, was demolished for safety reasons after the 4 a.m. explosion in Albert County, Georgia Bureau Investigation said in a statement. Now, some of the initial stories on this uh, said that it was probably Christians that did this, uh, because it has been regarded by some as satanic in origins. And um, the monument dubbed America's Stonehenge stood at 19 feet and contained a 10-part message in 12 languages, uh, according to uh, the Georgia, I think, uh, the uh, tourism site. Uh, Christopher Kubis, executive vice president of the Alberton Granite Association, would help maintain the site said it drew more than 20,000 visitors annually. So anyway, uh, there was an explosion there a few days ago. And uh, as I say, the initial stories, of course, had to bring Christians, had to be responsible for this. All right, uh, to Michigan. And we say good morning to Ted. Ted, go ahead. Hi, Fred. I'm from Michigan. And last night we had a Republican governor debate. And all four candidates were superb but the biggest, every one of them said that they were concerned about the cheat of the national vote. The elephant in the room, I think, that supersedes everything is the ability to get power. My question for you is, how in the world are we going to be able to stand up and get the Veritas to be able to stop, step in and make sure that the vote is safe? Because that is our weak point in the chain. And I think we're going to be cheated on just probably like last time. Yeah, uh, I know there's still a lot of concern about vulnerabilities in the election system, and that's a very broad term. Uh, But I think one of the things that has happened in the wake of 2020 is that Republicans are becoming much more active in ensuring that every polling station has witnesses and that uh, and there even in some states, Georgia may be one of them, uh, where there has to be an assurance that those poll watchers, those are people that are watching th- people vote to make sure things are being done legally, but also uh, also monitoring the counting of the vote. And they have to ensure, like we had incidents in 2020 where uh, some of these poll watchers were told to go home, that they were going to kind of cease the counting for the night, 
Uh, but then there was video after that showing that the counting continued after those poll watchers went home. So that's why that's why some people are, are still very suspect about this. But I think that's being addressed. Uh, so we are told uh, that there's uh, uh, much more energy being put into ensuring that Republicans have representatives at all these polls. Do we have time for one more call? All right, let's uh, go to Todd in Louisiana. Go ahead, Todd. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Hey, uh, Fred, I just want to let you know that, you know, there's a scripture in the Bible that says you shall reap what you sow. And I believe this country is doing that right now. Um, well, I'm going to give you an example. You have a public school system and you have a private private school system. What's up with that? I mean, when you cannot afford a private school system, you're going to get lost in the shuffle. I mean, I, I believe we have taken God out of country and we have taken him out of the school systems. We have got to get back to Christianity in this country because we have love for nobody in this country. Everybody hates one another, and we got to stop that. Thank you, brother. All right. Well, I think that's happening. The movement towards, for instance, homeschooling, towards Christian schooling, uh, is, is moving forward. The percentages of people that are electing to homeschool has certainly increased dramatically over the last couple of years. You had the Supreme Court decision in favor of Christians who wanted to use a voucher system in that state to send kids to Christian schools. The state government didn't want that happening, but the Supreme Court said, no, if you're going to offer vouchers uh, so kids can go to uh, private schools, religious schools cannot be exempted. And then in Arizona, you have a school's choice law now that gives parents a tax break uh, for wherever they decide to educate their kids, including homeschooling. So there is a very positive movement coming out of this. Victories are being won. We just have to continue the battle, folks. All right. Uh, Fred's heading in uh, for Sandy this morning. It's been a joy to be here. And uh, much more great programming here at American Family Radio. You can trust us to give you the news from a biblical perspective. That's rare these days, folks. But there is a source. It's American Family Radio. And it's our joy and our pleasure to serve you this way each and every day. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again real soon. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.